Hello, this is a Jayla Shark and Friends and Russell mm, and Russell podcast. And on today's show, we're talking to Russell. That's right, the Russell in Jayla Shark and Friends and Russell podcast. Russell tells us all about how to train dogs, why he trains dogs, and how not to get caught taking Toblerones into Australia. Hmm, gonna be a good one, this. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Jay. No, I'm interviewing you today, Russell. I've decided. Hello, what's your name? Where do you come from? What got you here? Right, carry on because I need to sleep. I just my name come is, across is Russell Distance Russell. I've been in Phuket 15 years, I think. Let me quickly do the Has math. Has it been on 15 that. years? I'm just trying to do the math now. No, 14. Sorry, 14 years. June. It was 14 in June. Blimey, it's gone quick. Yeah, it has gone quick. I've known quick. you for about 10 of those, I think. Um, what brought you to Phuket? I think it was Thai Airways. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to go well. <laughs> yeah, okay. cha. Um, thank you for joining us here on the podcast. Now, it's a very different um, Jada Shark and Friends and Russell podcast. I'll do that bit while you're copying thank again. Thank you, yes. Yeah. Um, I've decided that I'm going to interview Russell today. You've had enough of guests crashing our show. Only because of some technical issues with recording. <laughs> I just wanted a break from editing. Yeah, for fair a bit. enough. I don't blame you. So, but I also thought it would be interesting because I, we've done a lot together. and I, We should probably qualify that. Uh, yeah, we've, um, we've made love twice. And we did I, cuddle. I was good. Um, <laughs> we've had one cuddle in front of dog owners. Um, but no, I don't really... I thought it would be interesting to tell your story. My story? Yeah. Oh, good God. No, I know. But I really wanted to get... I'm, I'm serious about this as well. And I was thinking about this last night. I, I mean, thinking uh, about you. heads up oh, might be nice. Go off on a tangent straight away. Yeah. I went to a wicked haunted house last night with the kids. Excellent. Where was, was that? Really At Blue Tree, they dressed up their ninja oh, cool. warrior um, thing as a haunted house. Excellent. It was frigging awesome. And I'm no word of a liar, right? Cool. I'm not just promoting Blue Tree because um, <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> um, but the, it was just fantastic. So what they did was... Like, like fantastic looking or fantastic quite spooky? Everything. Excellent, Everything really. about it was awesome, right? So you go in and they, they blacked it all up. <laughs> That's not, not, <laughs> not racistly blacked it all up. But they put sheets around it so it was all dark inside. And they put a couple of, um, what are those called? The black lights up. Yeah, yeah. And then every different they bit, they had spiders webs. And they had all sorts of things you have to climb through and go through. But then the coolest thing was all the staff were dressed up. Excellent. And they would jump out at you yeah. at various different yeah, points. Like and there to. was brilliant. It was, they had a, um, a Jason with a chainsaw. They had body <laughs> parts hanging up. They had a, an electric chair. And I'd done, I'd worked with Martin, who's the operation guy there. And they had this um, electric chair and they had like a, a strobe light effect yeah. with screaming and all else. It was just brilliant. fantastic. Anyway, that's off on a tangent. So, um, well, no, well, sticking on that particular on. tangent, I remember years ago when I was in the States, I think it was the second time around, so around 2012, and we went to um, Six Flags, which is the, uh, like Disney, the roller coasters and all of that, it's a franchise throughout the US. So I went with a couple of friends, and it was for Halloween, and they had a haunted house there. So we're in, the <laughs> never mind that, we're in the, in the queue for the haunted house. A um, friend of mine, uh, a couple of friends and, and bits and pieces, long queue of people, and there was about two people in front of us. 
And the girl says, all right, just hang on a minute. We'll get you through in the next, in the next group. Fine. No worries. And this kid comes up. He must have been, I'm guessing, 15, 16. Very polite. Um, excuse me, miss. And she goes, oh, you've got to go to the back. Goes, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm at the back. I just wanted to check. Is it really scary? And she's like, well, it's a haunted house. She goes, I, I get that. I don't mean to be silly. And he was really polite about it. Very cool. Very erudite <laughs> um, for an American 15-year-old. Sorry, so, um, erudite. Isn't that a glue? Yeah, <laughs> that too. Okay. So um, I'm just wondering, you know, I, I, I don't mind, you know, a bit of scary stuff, but uh, I'm just wondering sort of what, what level it is and wh- whether it's too much for me or not. Which I, part of me, and, and this all happened in, in seconds. So part of me is thinking, that's really cool of him to go and ask that and fair play for, to, to him for doing it. The next part of me, which is the more obvious bit, was because I'm right behind him. I just went, boo! <laughs> really loudly out of nowhere. <laughs> and? <laughs> and he absolutely shat himself on the spot and went, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Bless him. And the woman turned around and said, it's a bit like that. He said, okay, I think we're giving a miss and wandered off. And of course, all of us and the people in the crowd were just pissing themselves. Oh, little kid. <laughs> I took, well, going, I took, um, well, I did them a favor. Oh, I absolutely. A, a I took Sahara and Ashton and they were really, they loved it. They did, they, they were attacking people with their glow sticks, which Excellent. was quite cool. So it was almost like a, an old nightclub where they were having it raving. Yeah. Um, but forget about that because it's, obviously this comes out on Tuesday and that was Halloween um, last Thursday, um, which was tell, Halloween. But Halloween, well, Halloween was just yesterday. Yeah, and they're actually doing it. We're recording this on the Friday, so they are doing it tonight as well, but that's not going to help anyone. (laughs) So unlucky. It was good. Um, But Russell, so uh, joking aside, who are you? Where do you come from? What brought you here? Tell us your life story. Oh, I've just realised I've got my daughter's socks on. Oh, good (laughs) good grief. Um, That's podcast gold, isn't it? Yes, podcast Um, gold, yeah. Russell Distance Russell. I could have done with a heads up about this. I might have prepared something. Well, I Which know. is probably why you didn't say anything. Absolutely. Got it, right. It's completely God, why I don't like telling people. Um, so who am I? Uh, well, no, uh, as you mentioned. Where did you, where, where did you come from? Well, how, did, how far back? My mum, really, initially. <laughs> so how far oh. back do you want to go? Oh, I know. <laughs> let's not go that far back. Um, let's start with... What coming brought, to Phuket. Yeah, coming to Phuket. So when did you come to Phuket? So I came to Phuket on the 5th of June, 2005. Why? At the... T- well... Um, at the time, I'd been spending, uh, crikey, how many years? I've been in security for about seven years by that stage, private security, um, developing with it. And a friend of mine who was ex-military was looking at doing private security work in Iraq, which was at that time a bit of a buzz. Do I want to go with? A bit of a buzz or death, either or. It's semantics. So, um, so at the time I was like, yeah might give that a crack so went up met some peeps in london um this was back in 2004 so i'm still working with my friends so, sorry you were in you was in england at the time i was in i was in the south coast i was in bournemouth right. based in bournemouth but working through the south coast um thinking that this might be the next strategic career move and then came out here i think in the april march april time uh, just to see the folks, because I was coming out once a year to see them anyway. So your family was already in Phuket? Yeah, well, again, going back a little bit further, grew up Hong Kong, Singapore, as you know, went to school there. And then well, I, I know, but the podcast, yeah, yeah, the sorry, five sorry, people listening the, don't Sorry, know. it's my five, well, they probably do, actually. Because yeah, <laughs> we have mentioned it every It's week. only just a couple of friends. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went back to the UK for university, stayed there, worked there, was flying back and forth every now and again for holidays to see the folks here in Phuket. So it came out 2005, around the April time, probably around Songkran. Um, and while I was here, I was offered a job. And it was the case of... Offered a job doing what? Well, take a guess. It's either property, diving, or teaching. 
particularly at that stage. It was well, one of those that, two things. So I've got a guess. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, well, I've never seen you dive. Okay. Um, I've never seen you teach. And I've never seen you sell property. <laughs> um, so There's a reason the, for all of that. <laughs> the one that I could probably say that you could blag the easiest would be diving. Right, okay. Now, technically, you're probably true because I have dived. I do have my certifications, but... Fucking have, have you muff dived? Have you muff dived? Hey! Um, but no, it's property. Property sales. Okay. So, which is... And I'm not sure if you know this or not, but it's a god-awful, thankless fucking industry that is. Pardon that, my friends. Is that your phone? I think Turn that's me binging. Sorry, there we go. It won't bing anymore because I've turned it off. So yeah, that lasted oh maybe six months. So oh yeah, so that was the it was Phuket or Iraq basically. So I made the decision to <laughs> both to, very similar. Yeah, very similar. To be honest, good beaches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of sand. <laughs> lots of sand um, and death. And yeah, yeah, the odd sort of wild west gunfight. But yeah, anyway. there you go. So you did property for six months uh, around that yeah. Okay, and, so and then what happened? From there, just decided... I mean, it kind of got me here, and it got me based to a degree. And then from there, decided this just isn't me. Um, so morphed more into the management training side of things, which is what I was doing a little bit back up in the UK as well. So, um, And that was going well, sort of diversified that into the hospitality industry because my degree was hospitality. So basically going to the hotels here and saying, you know, we can train your staff and your teams in more effective management practices and, um, and, and stuff like that. A lot of team building exercises, which was kind of cool. Um, I think that's when I first met you was doing the team building stuff. Well, so I remember when we first met. Oh, hello. Was, yeah, it was at Catch, yeah. one of the parties at the old Catch. Really? Yeah, um, Gemma introduced us. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Did she? I mean, we, we were all completely off our trees at that particular point. Uh, a I white party or just a general party? I, uh, it might have been one of the white parties. It must have been the white party. Yeah. And you, I think, I don't know if you'd just started, but you were on the radio at that stage. Um, and I wasn't, but I was talking to Byron about being on it. And that's to do, I think that was when I started in the rock show. And that's, you know, Gemma's like, oh, come meet Jay because he's on the radio as well. And you're like, all right. Hey, dance around. Right, see you later. I thought, it's okay. generally how I am with yeah, most thought, people. Yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. it. Well, I don't. I'm not very good being introduced to people. I have no. Small I noticed talk. that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really rubbish at oh, it. Oh, you had really good small talk. It was all right, and then you fucked off. Yeah, that's generally how I am with people. <laughs> yeah. When people I first meet, I feel quite guilty because I'm. I'm not rude. I just don't know what to say to people. I get aw- awkward moments. Fair enough. And it's that one-on-one thing that I hate. Yeah, but it was doing right us. now. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So um. So yeah, that's what branched into that so, so where did okay so that's got you here so where is the whole dog thing because obviously you're known for being amazing mc um being an amazing person and dogs yeah so how has the dog thing come in as in term, being a dog trainer and, and all of that well i guess so yeah business. because you've had a few different jobs because you've worked security here as well yep um when well, to give you the... All right, to continue the thread then. Oh, yeah, so I, I from, should let you carry on. Yeah, just shut up. <laughs> all right, go ahead. I'll play with the dogs. There we go. So, uh, long story short then, was in management training for a few years. And then 2009 got the opportunity to go to the States to study to be a dog trainer. There's a huge school in Texas. The okay. Why? Well, 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 yeah, that's what's... So you got the opportunity to go. Yeah. What made you go? Or what, what was the... Well, what made me go is it just, it sounded like a fantastic opportunity. But a were you looking... School. Sorry, I'm, yeah, so at talking the time, over, I'm talking over you. No, it's cool. Because yeah, we shouldn't do talk over each other. But I'm guessing but the questions. You, what's that? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I was looking for, you know, uh, closing on the five-year itch, I guess you could say. You know, I need to 
it's all okay, but you know what's what's next? What else kind of is there? That but I, still, I why do? dogs? So why I, dog oh, training? Always been fascinated with with dogs. Um, yay! Um, grew up with dogs. We had Great Danes when I was a kid growing up. Um, worked at the RSPCA when I was a kid in Hong Kong. That was an education in itself. So always had an affinity. When I was a, when I was young, I wanted to be a vet. Um, just didn't have the upstairs for it. So. I don't think that matters anymore. It probably, nowadays, probably not, I guess. I don't know. So, um, sorry, vets. Yeah, sorry, vets around the world. But yeah, but always had a, um, an affinity with dogs, if you like. So, so go on. But, but then all of a sudden you just say you had the opportunity. So were you looking for dog training opportunities then? Because you don't just have you don't just yeah, get an no, email no, come you, through that says, hey, you want to be a dog yeah, trainer yeah, in Texas? Yeah, yeah. Come. Oh, that's, yeah, it's the universe talking to you or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I must have search something along those lines I, I going back i can't remember if i specifically said hey i want to be a dog trainer i wonder if um it might have been searching for dog careers or blah 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 and something threaded through that way i'm guessing that's how it came about but yeah found this this school did more research about it um there's two other ones in the u.s and it's it's an on-site school so you go there for a period of time at the time it was 8 12 or 16 weeks and learn to be a trainer. You learn about dog psychology, behavior, um, different methodologies, uh, whether it's behavioral science, whether it's obedience training, search and rescue, all of that. So I went there for the, the full whack. I'll stop you. I always wanted to do search and rescue. That was my one I really wanted to do with dog. Right, that, that's okay. what I would have chosen. Cool. Well, then again, there was a lot of things I want to do. But search and rescue with a dog, that's what I would be really yeah. interested in. Search and rescue is very, very cool. And... Um, and when I had Kay, because she, she got her, um, her RH1 level, which is the entry-level search and rescue certification, when I was in the States. Um, and it was very cool because the, the judges were there for uh, another event, which is called Schutzund, which is a dog sport. Called what, sorry? Schutzund. All right. It's German. Um, but so it's a, burgers. You, yeah, yeah. But you've probably, you've probably seen a, you maybe seen a clip on TV or on YouTube. It's the dogs, the German Shepherds running out and biting people on the arms and, and the stuff like that. The tack dogs is what we probably... We, you, you're probably targeting it as that. But in terms of the sport, it's all... I mean, yes, it's a, you know, about the drive of the dog going out to bite, but there's a lot of other things in there as well. The obedience for the dog to work with you as a handler, to be sent out to go and get things and come back. There's there's large process to it. So, and on site, they had this big event. Like um, Crufts. <laughs> kind of. So... Um, with all these people from the, the region coming together to have their dogs certified in this sport. And there were some, you know, some very serious people and some really, really well-trained dogs. It was great fun to watch. But be- my work with Kay, she was getting her entry-level certification for the sport on that day. So obviously she's not as good as all of the other ones, but you know, she was still pretty cool. But she was also the only one doing the search and rescue stuff. And all of the, everyone else wanted to come and see what this looked like. So I'm like, Oh, fuck, there's a little bit of pressure here, right? Some serious high-level trainers. Oh, well, come and see what this young upstart's doing with his dog. So, and they had a, um, a little um, uh, trek, uh, um, what do you call it, path, walking area, um, like a couple of Ks. Uh, loop on site it was a 360 acre property so they had i don't know why you're looking at me for help i know i'm not gonna um, help you so anyway we took Kay out there she was with me sent one of our helpers you know know, a few hundred meters down the path hide yourself behind a tree and we'll send Kay out to go and find you so helper goes off i've got this crowd of people behind me kind of like oh fucking hell (laughs) here we go Kay. don't let me down so yeah unclipped i told her to go search she took off the the way it works for there's two ways you can do it. One is to have the dog to alert 
on site. So they go and find the person and alert, which would normally be a bark, and then you just follow the sound of the or bark. Or blow a whistle. Or blow a whistle if you can get them to do that. Um, what I did with Kay was what we call a refind. So she goes out, identifies the target, comes back to me and indicates, which for me was a, she would just drop to the floor in a down, and then take off and go and find it again. And I would just run and follow her, and she would just track back to me to make sure I was following and, and what have you. Um, so we did that. She indicated we found the helper and came back. And everyone else was like, wow, that's amazing. That's, how do you do that? That's so cool. And at the time, I'm thinking the same thing about what they're doing with, with their dogs yeah. sort of thing. So that, that bit was kind of cool. So then, so you then come back to Phuket after doing your so came, stint in Texas. I like Texas, by the way. Yeah, Texas is great um, for lots of reasons. Yeah. Um, came back here with the view to, right, I'll set up a dog training business here. Um, which was going okay. Uh, it was obviously slow, like most new things are when you first start with anything. And then towards the, that was, so that was 2009, came back May 2010. And then about a year and a half later, end of 2011, got approached by the same place in the States. Do I want to go and work there? Um, we've got a um, job opening here. Are you interested? And I was just like, duh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm there. So, and again, making a long story short, was offered, you know, this is what the package is, this is what the whole thing is. And I said, look, you churn out trainers a dime a dozen through your academy. So to get people to be trainers on site isn't exactly difficult. You're asking a non-US national to come all the way from Thailand to here. So you obviously want me for something else um, in terms of a long-term project, which is what I want. This is my career that we're talking about. So got all of that sort of mapped out. Yep, fine, great, whatever. Fly over, get myself based there. And within, I'd say, a few weeks, A, realized what I was offered I wasn't getting. Um, and the career track, the, it just it wasn't going to happen. So it was, all a, it was a massive, massive letdown for me at the time. And then I've invested a lot of money to get there and, and everything. I thought, well, I've got the experience here. I'm dealing with literally hundreds of dogs a week. It's really good, valuable experience. So stayed for, I think, 10 months. Um, and it was just it, my two mentors, that were my instructors. Even, when you're there as a student, um, it's one thing. When you're there working there, you see all the politics, mm. so, um, which is the same with anything, right? So now I'm invested and very involved in all the politics, and it was horrible. It was a really horrible place to work. The two guys that ran it, the, the upstairs guys, very, very smart, clued-in business people but really shit people managers just didn't have a clue um, and couldn't see the picture however you presented it to them. Um, so, yeah, so I just pulled the plug and said, you know, the idea was to move here full time and make a go of this, but this isn't going to work. So thanks very much. Um, I'm out. Okay, so that's kind of the background of the dog stuff. So so let's move a lot, a lot further forward. So we won't get into too much of what you did here in Phuket between then and kind of now. Okay. But what I really want to know about is, is the, the whole Canine Point Academy business. Where did that... Because you're now... This is what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that was so, always the idea. The idea was to come back and build... Um, build the empire, as it, as it were, and, and build um, a, a business just doing dog training. But again, like with anything new when you start, it's small. Um, I didn't have hundreds of clients banging down my door, so I needed to do something else to, um, to keep me going. And then Barry approached me. Oh, crikey. How many years ago was this now? Can't we should say, you can't just say Barry. 
Uh, by, sorry, SGS Security. Um, Other securities are available because they're definitely not a sponsor right yeah, now. That's true. Um, so Barry Buck, who A, is a friend, but also was the GM of SGS Security, approached me with the view to say, hey, A, I need a number two, and B, there's obviously a, a need and a market here for security dogs in Phuket, which there is and there still is. So the view was jump on board with them, and over time, we will develop a security dog division. And as time progressed, we kind of realized collectively, through no one's fault, just the, the market, the market here, it, it's ready for it in terms of what the product and the service is because everyone wants guards with security dogs on site at their properties because they, they understand the value and the benefit of it. But nobody wants to pay for it. And equally, it's... That's pretty much most is, things in Phuket. It is, but also the, the, the extra nugget with security here is best will in the world the security if you're a security guard here it's the lowest of the low yeah all right if you're, you're a saluting person you salute cars as they come in and salute at, people. at, no, I, at I, very I, best and do you know what i actually i don't like that i think it's it's it, well, because it's, it's, a, it's a serious job it, it ideally should it should job. be and it what the worst part is and we're all guilty of this is that one time you do go somewhere and i caught myself doing this i think it was uh, can i mention where it was yeah fuck him outrigger um I went into the, the villas and hey, the barrier was down and the security guard stopped me. Where are you going? I'm going to see my, my client, get the house number. I need your ID. And if I didn't hand over the ID, he, as far as he was concerned, he's not letting me in. Which is absolutely, that's his being told to do that. Which is what he's been told to do. And he's absolutely right. Yeah. But 99 times out of 100, oh, fuck off. I'm not giving you my ID. Just open the gate. Get, let me get in. And, and ties as a general, okay, I don't want the confrontation. I'll do it. And so they want the guards to do it, but not for me. No, and, and that's interesting. That's not just us, um, uh, us foreigners living here. The, that happens to them from everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's not just foreigners that do that. The, it, the it's only everybody. people that the security guards will stop and check uh, tend to be the workers. So if yeah, it's a yeah. worker arriving on a motorbike or a, uh, a worker's truck with people, they'll stop and check. Yeah, yeah. Fortuna rocks up, gates open, come on in. Yeah, for sure. So, um, or a Yaris, by the or way. Or a Yaris, yeah, there you go. Other cars are available. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so anyway, um, but when you're dealing with that level of person, to then ask them to, you, you need someone that's got a, a level or two up to be able to take on board the training to be a handler of a dog, particularly one that's trained to do things. And if they're that well qualified, they're not going to be a security guard. No, and I guess that it's not just, I, I see what you're saying, but it's not just anyone can have a dog. Yeah. Can't they? And, and yeah, for, to have a working dog is very different from having, but even people that don't know about dogs can have any dogs they want here. Yeah. Because you, know, yeah. you, you probably have, well, you, I, I've been here where yeah. you've had big, not scary dogs, that's the wrong, that's because they're not scary in any way, shape, or form, but you've got big, hard dogs who are, who are um, difficult to either train or they're. Their breed makes them so-called aggressive, but they—I'm not—I'm trying not to yeah, say. Yeah, you know I know what you mean? Mean. yeah. I mean, every uh, dog's uh, different. Every dog's different, yeah. but you're, you, anyone can go and grab a pit bull. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter who they are, and and so it's the same. I'm trying to make a point by waffling a lot that anyone can do it, but that doesn't mean they're capable of having that Correct. kind of dog. And and also, it made us going to the hotels and uh, trying to pitch it. Um, it was so. What you're just going to get? the soy dogs around the hotel to walk around with your guards is that that what you mean no 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 that's not what we mean at all no we're having a <laughs> we're having our station we're having german or, shepherds or malleys properly trained to as a patrol dog that will work and it's a dog it's not just a dog it's a dog and a handler you go as a unit so and that's the service that we were is offering there a difference between a german shepherd and an alsatian no 
It's the same thing. It's just a different name. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so that was the, the 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 pitch. And again, over time, I mean, I did a lot of work with Kay. We did lots of one-offs for some of the hotels. Did some um, drug searches in the staff lockers. Um, I'd like to say I disagreed with your drug searches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was great fun taking her to the reggae bar. Crikey, did she sleep? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept on going, it's fucking everywhere. We won't mention which reggae bar. Yeah, exactly. Other reggae bars and bars are available. So, um, so yeah, it became apparent. I think I was with SGS a couple of years. And it became apparent that moving into the, the idea being build a facility there. Um, and I would run the canine side of things, but it just, it wasn't going to happen. Okay, so, y- so you finished up. And now, so... You're, you're now moving forward and your facility is being built. Well, yeah, so this is my... So coming out of SGS... Well, I'm trying to jump ahead a little bit, but go on then, you go back. Well, no, the point was, A, leaving SGS at the time I did, my business was also on the up and up. So it seemed a good time and a good fit that, A, I can do this on my own and be self-sufficient and allow the business to grow. And as it has done, leading into your current point, which is that, yeah, my new, my purpose-built facility is opening hopefully end of this year. Okay. See, I told you a dog might bark, and that might be a good time for us to have... Bye, Em. Thanks for that. <laughs> oh, oh, boy, it was all round his head. Russell's dog training right now. During the podcast, he's a very cleverly training dogs at the same time. Multi-talented. You are multi-talented. Mm. So your, your, your facility... I forgot I've got treats here as well. Excellent. My that, facility, yes. That, that's treats for the dogs, not treats for me. Although I did bring Russell treats today. You did bring me a treat I, he, yummy. He wanted a Mars bar, but there was no Mars bar. There wasn't even... I was sometimes surprised. Sometimes they have them, sometimes they don't. And really? it also depends on which ones, I think. Okay, there was no it's Mars like bars in... Sometimes they've got Twix and sometimes they don't. Where are we talking about? 7-Elevens in general. I've never seen Twix in 7-Eleven. Have you not? Never. You are missing out. Well, no, I like a Twix. So, so do I. So it's, it's like a, it's a real find. It's like, oh, I'm having one of them. I've never seen one in 7-Eleven. Yeah. I'm still having heart palpitations. I think I'm having a heart attack. Um, so this facility that you're in. So tell us more about the facility. Where is it? What is it? When's it going to be done? How's it going to go? What, what brought you to it? What made you want to do it? Where it is? Is there any particular word you want me to answer? No, I just answer them all in one go so I can relax. Right then. Gotcha. So it's in Bandon, which is uh, going from Boat Avenue to Talang on that main road kind of halfway-ish, um, and it's just off that main road. So it's access-wise, it's brilliant. We are going to have a large covered training area, so we can do classes day and night. We can do classes rain or shine, doesn't matter. We're and would they be, that's kind of group classes? Yeah, so either, well, either group classes, um, do some one-on-one stuff as well, just depending on the dog, people, what they want. Um, I can do a range of different classes as well, not just obedience, but we can also do some agility, um, do some clicker work teaching, just sort of fun trick behaviors, if you like. Um, also do some nose work. So like with Kay, she was a trained in search and rescue, but she was also trained as not for narcotics detection. But the basis, the, the search uh, philosophy is the same for any dog. So you could train, um, let's say... Maximus. Maximus, who to is... To be a drug dog. Which would be... Great for parents who are worried about their teenage kids. Yeah, yeah. So the difference is you need a, in terms of having a dog that does it for real and will go and search for narcotic, you need a dog with drive. 
like like K that will I will find this because I want my ball. I don't care what's going on. I will go through walls to get my ball because that's all it is to them. With these guys, we've got a Beagle, Bangale mix, Sassy, Border Collie, Springer mix. Uh, yeah, they've got reasonable amounts of drive. Um, so a Beagle over there might be more suited to it. And you do see a lot of Beagles working in, like, in airports and so forth. Yeah, no, I've noticed yep. that. So and like, they're very, uh, particularly, say, in the States and also in Australia, the Beagle Brigade. And they're usually, like in Australia, they use them so if you've got fruit or any sort of food stuffs in your bag. That's what the dogs are trained to pick out because um, you're not allowed to bring it in. Fuckers stole my Toblerone. Bloody customs. Anywho. Well, no. What do you mean they stole your... To- I had a Toblerone huge... are in airports all the way, all around the so whole world. I had a huge Toblerone bar. Right. And we were flying from Singapore to Perth. And I had this, and a friend of mine had given me this huge Toblerone bar as a leaving present from Singapore, as you do. And I'd had a little bit of it on the flight. Get to Perth, it's in my box, in my, my box, in my bag. Um, and the, the official comes up and says, you know, what's that? It's, like, it's what? a Toblerone. It's a Toblerone, you, you ha- fucking idiot. Yeah. How do you not know well, that? Wait, it's a triangular-shaped well, so, chocolate bar. Yeah, but on your form, it says, you know, have you brought any foodstuffs into the country? I'm like, no, I don't have a steak or a box of fruit or anything. Oh, in Australia, chocolates are food. Oh, well, fucking sorry, mate. It's just, what? So I had to hand over my bar of chocolate, which you know, which you know. Did you kick off? No, I was, I was too stunned to kick off, to be honest. But you just know those fuckers are munching it. Oh, absolutely. There the was office. no way they weren't. That's not getting binned. No, because you, you see it on the TV. Oh, blimey, I thought I stepped on a dog, but it was my shoe. Um, you can see them They're saying, yeah, we're going to put this in the incinerator. This is going to go. Yeah. yeah, they're all having Bollocks. a cup of tea <laughs> yeah. and sitting there munching away. Cheeky fucking bastards. Aussies. Yeah. Um, so where did that come from? Uh, that comes sniffer dogs and sniffer beagles. Dogs, there we go. But yeah. so let's let's talk. So your okay. So when's your facility going to be ready? Because I want to get into more so personal stuff in a minute. We <laughs> should be operational hopefully by Christmas um, to do like a soft opening, test everything out, and then the, the the grand opening will probably be end of January next year. Okay, I want to get to beagles. Um, beagles chase foxes. <coughs> Could Excuse you stop? Me. Why do you always cough on the podcast? I don't know, to be honest. Um, beagles chase foxes. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your stand on fox hunting? I've got to be honest, I'm against it. In what? Why? Why are you against it? Um, I, j- I just find it one of these elitist. I mean, there's a difference with I've got a few dogs, and I've got a large open. I mean, we're talking about being in the UK. Yeah, foxes, yeah, yeah. right. So I'm on a, an estate, or I've, I've got a large garden which backs onto a forest, and my two dogs were out, and they ran down a fox and killed it. That's one thing. It's a different thing when you've got a fox in captivity, you release it, and you've got 300 beagles trained to hunt, and you've got guys all dressed up, all prim and proper, they want to be rah, rah, rah on their horseback leading the hunt. Fair enough. That's very, very different. Um, girls look cute in joppers, though. They do. So, but, nah, I mean, fox hunting for me, it's just, there's no point. Okay. Um, so tell us more about you and what you'd like to do. Tell us you, Russell. Tell us me. What, what do you do in your spare time? What do you do in your free time? <laughs> I don't have any at the minute. <clears throat> so at so the moment, you're training dogs at your I your have house. a day off on... I do, yeah. So I, oh, you were telling me about your day off on Monday. Yeah, Tell us well, about your day off on Monday. Well, you just made the other point. I, I work from home at the moment, hence the need for this facility. So it's pretty much 24-7. So, and on Monday, it's just myself, Sassy, and Captain. And the last time I had just myself and Captain in the house was 2nd of April. Wow. So you've been a busy boy. And, and, your, and your dogs are coming from all sorts of different people, different backgrounds, and yeah, I would say 
85% from the, the expat Farang market, if you like. Um, and the 15% yeah would be the local sort of Thai market. And what do you generally do? What are they brought here to do? So if I obviously... Mostly obedience. So it's obedience training. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, I mean, certainly in, for the initial part, um, just I need more control of my dog. She's chasing the kids. He's jumping on people. He pulls on the leash, won't sit still, the usual sort of things. But you've always told me that it's the it's the the parent's responsibility as well. It's not just a dog. I mean, obviously, you're, you're behaviorizing... Is that the word? No, but I know what you mean. Yeah, you're behaviorizing the dogs to, to okay. get used to being trained. Yes. But then how does it work when they go back? Sure. So, and the, the handover is, is perhaps the critical part. So there's, there's a number of ways to do it. One is uh, you bring Maximus to me once a week. We work together. You go home. You practice with the dog. You come back the next week. We do something else. So, and that can be either just one-on-one or there could be a group of us. And that's how group classes and one-on-ones work. The other option is, which is what we do a lot of, is the residential programs like these two here. Um, He's pointing at dogs, by the way. I'm pointing at dogs that are asleep on the floor. Um, that's what they're here for. So, to sleep on the floor? Yeah. Well, Brandy's asleep on the floor. Okay, well, Milo's asleep on his place bed. Oh, bless him. Yeah, bless But they're not here just to sleep, though, are they? They're not here just to sleep. They are here to to train and to learn and to work. So, but to answer your question, you're absolutely right. If the dog just comes here, the day they leave here, they're golden. If you just take the dog back home and just expect it to do what you now want it to do and don't do any work with it and just continue as you normally do, it's liable, very highly likely to all fall apart. So, and this is, I explained this at the very beginning and also I spent a couple of hours with clients when they take the dog home. An hour is usually just us chatting, and then I go and get the dog out. So, and just explain to them that this is how you work with the dog. And this is how a play stay works. This is how you get your dog to sit. This is how you do things. This is what happens if the dog doesn't do it. Um, and they work. You would work with Maximus with me for a couple of hours. So he's already understanding. Well, when this guy says sit, I sit because this is what I have to do. What about when you say it? Oh, it's the same thing, is it? All right, fine, I get it. And then. With the dogs that come here, we usually do a couple of sessions a day or two after the dog's gone home and then the following week as well, just to make sure that, A, you still know what you're doing and the dog's still doing it. So what would be the, the ideal situation? So I've just, let's say I just get a dog mm-hmm. um, and I would go to a rescue shelter and get a dog just to please the people that <laughs> hate me because I had a boxer dog. Um, I get the dog. What's the ideal situation then? So I, I mean, so let's take my situation as a uh, so two kids live in an apartment, ground floor apartment. Get a dog. What should I do? Don't get a dog. Would be my first port of call. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. End the conversation. Big yeah. a Canine Point Academy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, inside tip for you in terms of it's it's not about the. I, I understand the why, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to sideswipe the should we go for shelter dogs or um, breed dogs. I'm not going to sit on... I understand the why for both of those. So we'll shelve that. In terms of the when, this can be more of an important thing because a lot of people would think, all right, the kid wants a dog, which is a usual driver. It's the kid that wants the dog. Fine. A, as a parent, understand the kid might want it, but you're the one that's going to be doing the work. Yeah, I can tell that with fish as well. With the, with the, The only exception to that was the little girl that we were talking about earlier. I won't mention the name for the sake of the podcast, but she was excellent. Um in terms of looking after and working with the dogs. If you've got a child that's awesome, and I know everyone thinks their kid is awesome, but I can tell you they're not, even so. It's you as a parent that's going to look after the dog. In terms of the when, logically, in our logic, 
the best time to get a dog would be perhaps when start the holidays we've got lots of time us as parents will be here with the kids there'll be someone here to look after the dog we can work with the dog that would be the best time to do it no absolutely the worst time to do it you want christmas is another good time Christmas is any holiday. You put them in a box under a tree, yeah. and then they open, and the kids are really happy, and then they can go off and play with the box, and the poor little yeah. doggy doesn't. Yeah. Um, any holiday, worst time to do it. What you want is at the end of the holidays, then get the dog. Because from day one, the dog needs to conform to your routine, which is I've got to go to work, mum's got to go and do her bits and pieces, take the kids to school, maybe she's got to work, people are out and about, things are happening, things are busy. I don't want the dog jumping up, I've got my school uniform on, or my suit whatever so from day one this is the normal and that's what the dog dogs are masters of routine get a dog beginning of the holidays or halfway through it's all fun and games and parties and running on the beach and jumping up yay and then overnight bang everything changes i think i never thought about that that's a real interesting and most people wouldn't because no, it would make sense yeah no it does we've got time to spend with them let's yeah, do yeah. it that way so and then people say, well, it's, it's just how much harder during term time. Well, if it's harder, and it's hard enough for you to think, I'm not sure we want to do this, don't do it. And then what age should we be getting a dog? Not the, the family age, but dog age. The age of the dog? Yeah. So, well, okay, so this kind of harks onto the breed versus rescue. I would always urge to go for a, a puppy or a super young dog because it's a sponge. H- how super young? Well, I mean, the, the earliest you want to take a dog from... Um, its mum will be 10 weeks, eight to 10 weeks. Um, so anytime after that. But then there's a, yeah, we won't get into the whole breed versus yeah. stray thing. I'm, I'm not with that. But if you could, then that from, a, from, an, from an either yeah, point and, of view, the puppy, because then, as you said, they are sponges. They can learn straight away. They've learned, they've learned nothing. They've not learned the, the bad behaviours. How to n- suck a nipple. <clears throat> <Yeah>. <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with taking a three, four, five, six, seven-year-old dog, be it a breed, be it from a rescue or what have you. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, all you might be battling it against is behaviours that the dog has learned over that period of time. Because there's the old phrase, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Is, Which is how wrong. True is that? It's wrong, but it's the... to Okay, put us into human terms. How many languages do you speak fluently? Fourteen. Yeah, two. English and bad English, right? So, even as touch and go, yeah. Just say bad English. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, um, the... Okay, I'm not a parent, but my understanding from uh, parents and also from multilingual people, if you learn multiple languages as a baby, as a young child, it's, it's easy. Yeah, like no, if parents I mean, are speaking number of languages to the child, they just suck it up and it's just there. No, that's very true. I mean, my daughter, Zahara, <laughs> speaks two fluent languages. And, and Ashton's starting to speak two now as well. Excellent. So, whereas if you and I, I mean, we've been there long enough, we should be fluent in Thai, but we're nowhere Look, near we, We've done a podcast about this. Let's not touch it. Exactly, again. yeah. So, but it's the same for dogs. So, if the dog is older and it's just learnt particularly behaviours because I do this, in terms of, it's not that you can't teach them new stuff. Of course you can. But the default position is always liable to be this. Yeah. So it's just being even more super consistent with driving them back the other way. Okay, so let's say we've, we've got a dog. We've got the dog in. Uh, should we bring it to you straight away? How, what's the whole... What, what would you recommend? And I'm trying to sell, your, yeah, yeah, sell sure. you here. So obviously you want them to come and see you. So my first protocol for anyone, well, even before you get the dog, um, is give me a call. Let's have a quick chat. Um, for simple things like not doing it at the beginning of the holidays, most people say, oh, wow, I hadn't thought of that. And there's lots of other little things as well that you might need to think about. Um, so <clears throat> I've got a client that's pregnant and they've just got a dog. So like, well, 
have you th- has a dog been around babies? Has a dog been around a pushchair? Don't know. Well, it's now's the time to get the dog used to all of that before it arrives, because mm. otherwise it's a shock for everyone, including the dog, and you want that to be as limited as possible. So, a just and I for that I don't charge to have a quick chat with people about just you know their situation now and what they're thinking about. In terms of right, we've got the dog, um, and, and again taking and this is taking aside doing evaluations of breeders and, and puppies and, and all of that i can that's a separate podcast um yeah the sooner i can kind of get hands on with the dog we oui. uh the, sorry hey, yeah. <laughs> ding, ding. Uh, stupid the, little the, joke the sooner, the sooner the better so and it doesn't matter if it's you know we've just rescued a six-year-old dog from uh the pound fine let's let's have a look at him and see what he's like i've just got a brand new puppy or fine. you could buy one for Thai bar as well not just a pound um if how long would you have? Would you say right? Okay, so the, what I'm trying to get is: so I get my dog. Do I come and bring it to you? Do you, do you keep it for a little while, or so do I just come back and forth? That's entirely up to you. So it's oh, it's up to it's, it's how entirely, I feel. It's your dog. It's entirely up to you. So um, I generally say, look, come and have an evaluation. So at least obviously we can meet. I can meet the dog, um, and I can from there, I can give you a lot of information about. Okay, you've just got a puppy, or you've got an older dog. This is what you're going to see. This is what's happening. This is why the dog is doing what it's doing. It's not because it's guilty. It's not because it hates you. It's not because it's being spiteful. And I can explain all of these things. And, and if that's, you're happy with all of that, off you pop. No, no drama. Have you ever had a dog that you've really, really struggled with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, this guy, he's lovely. So he's just to, okay, let's just explain because you are, let's be honest. So what, what is... Is a um, Bangale, Bangale mix. What's a Bangale? Uh, Thai classically is a is known as a Thai fighting dog, right? So you know, bred to scrap. So, um, um, but by he's lovely in terms of temperament, which is actually quite unusual for the breed. They tend to be a bit. I mean, he is quite aloof, but they tend to be very bonded to an individual and completely dismissive of everyone else. They're usually very dominant, very confident and self assured dog, usually, um, and can also be very reactive to pressure i.e. snappy yeah no i've been here a couple of times when steve is it steve What's brandy it? brandy when brandy's been here and and i have not felt any of that no no i'm with him you don't so he's very cool very affable very easy to and he's a very he's a, actually a very cute looking oh he's lovely he's a lovely yeah, looking yeah. dog and I, I have to say i've been very much i respect your mm-hmm. work so when i come to your studio stroke <laughs> dog training facility i don't i never touch the dogs unless mm. you I, apart from sassy and yeah. captain who i know very well but i would never touch any of the yeah. dogs unless you let me um but this one i, I i'm fascinated because he is cute as you like but and he's got that look he has yeah, got yeah. a really beautiful <clears throat> look so but no i mean i've had i've had some dogs come here and it, again this is not breed specific i've had beagles here that have been just super easy i'll send them to um, beagle lady yeah so and I, I mean and, and uh, this is another thing people are beagle you can't teach a beagle to come back and you know, English bulldogs, oh, they're great dogs, but they're just super stubborn. Frenchies as well, lovely dogs, but super stubborn. So you, before you've got the dog... You have that mentality. You've got that mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you try a little bit. It obviously doesn't work, so you give up because, oh, it's the dog. Because you've already got your excuses lined up. Correct, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so I've had some that have been super easy and fun, others that I just can't wait to get rid of, but that's, <laughs> that's the nature of... So what will, what will you do with... Oh, Brandy King. So for here. him, his main issue is that he was super, super jumpy. Um, anyone comes in, he's jumping up, sort of bouncing off them. Hello, how you doing? Just so, excited because what? Oh, we super would, excited. So, yeah. so basically, that's. I mean, 
Maximus is very similar like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just because he's excited to see you, and it's not a, a we would some people would say it's not a bad thing because they think, oh, it's great that the dog loves me. We yeah, I yeah, want yeah. that appreciation. Yes. You know, as a manic, depressed, suicidal guy, I love Maximus jumping up at me because it feels like I'm I've got someone who actually loves me in my life. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's a difficult thing because people so, humans want that sometimes. Yeah, and and uh, the the bigger difficulty is one of the first things my mentors said to me was, if you're um, you're not just a dog trainer, you're a marriage counselor, you're a guidance counselor, you're a parent, you're blah, 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 the list kind of goes on. So what I often find is the dad, oh, I don't care if the dog jumps up on me, I love it, we can rough and tumble. The mum's the opposite, or, or vice versa. Yeah. There's always a difference. And that's really difficult. So, because the dog, well, how come it's with you? It can be done. If you're that consistently inconsistent, the dog can work it out. Yeah. But it's difficult. So what I always say is, I understand the, yeah, I love it when my dog jumps and gives me a cuddle. Fine, let's teach him t- about choices. So when you first come home, if I run to you at a thousand miles an hour and I skid to a halt and sit, that brings you to me. That gets the attention. And the second thing, when you then say, okay, Maximus, jump, then I get to jump up in your arms. So it's done on, he's looking to you for a cue. Because even as manically depressed and moody and pissed off as you are that one day when you come home <laughs> it's very true you don't want maximus jumping up for whatever reason I've, I've got sahara in my arms and she's super tired and she's cranky or what have you yeah i don't want him jumping up right now and, I just and if he's learned this is just what we do he's going to do it regardless. yeah and i'll make a point he doesn't do that anymore because yeah. i have worked with him enough yeah, yeah, yeah. now i've made him sit and he'll wait until i give him the sign to jump up and as yeah. soon as I give him that sign we and, then have rough and, and that's totally fine yeah thank you I learned that from you, from <laughs> Canine Point Academy. It's, almost, Point like, it's Academy. almost like I know what I'm talking about. A little bit. <laughs> so are you excited about the, so the, the, the next kind of, because we we're getting on a bit and um, we've both got things to do. Are you, are you excited about, where, where is this going to go? I mean, is it, because f- obviously now you're making a commitment for... Yeah, for yeah, yeah. so we're, the, the flag kind of being planted so that we're, we're committed <laughs> for the longer term. Um, so yes, excited, yes, nervous, just depends on the time of day. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's something I've been driving to for a couple of years, so it's nice to see it getting off the ground. The, the roof should be done fairly shortly, so it'll look like a building. Um, and I think then it'll start to become a bit more real. At the moment, it just looks like a construction site. So, um, so once that starts to look a bit more like buildings and structure, then I think, and obviously time gets closer to opening, yeah, it'll get more exciting. Is it, is it just going to be the one training facility or what's your plan with it? What, what's your goal with the whole kind of Canine Point Academy? So, um, A, allowing for a bit of fluidity because you never know what the future is going to hold. The, the current plan is um, to get the, the, the current facility up and running um, as a training and resort building to get that done. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll, the, the business will grow and we can maybe add another... Um, wing to the the, the resorts we have more dogs a wing a wing like Like a a palace like a palace yes absolutely Um, but slightly longer term the view is to um, launch a an actual academy so to train people to be trainers Um, the whole reason I went to the states was obviously to do that but I went went to the states because there's nothing like it in the Australasia region Um, if you want online courses there are a dime a dozen Ten twenty dollars get your certificate online. Happy days, <clears throat> excuse me. But in terms of actual physical, real hands-on work with the dog, which I kind of feel you need um, to to do this, that's for me was the most important part, and that's why I went to that particular school. Cool man. So yes, that's the plan. Canine Point Academy going to take over the world. Um, 
Or at least the dog's world. Yeah, very true. <laughs> What's on your bucket list? My bucket, yeah. Funny. So when we sat down and he said, I'm going to interview you today on the spot, which I had no idea about. And, I've know, been I, thinking, I've been, been going through, I need to think of my bucket list. Think well, of my bucket well, this list. was your question that you told me to yeah, ask know, everybody. But, but you didn't say I was going to have to answer it. And we actually, we didn't ask this to the girls last week about the bucket list, but that no, chat I, was totally yeah, awesome. I, I, so I was thinking, listening back to the pod, oh, we forgot. Um, but I don't think we needed to forget stuff. We were. We forgot to do a photo. We forgot to ask them about their bucket, bucket list. So list. yeah. What's on your bucket list, apart from being starting a podcast with your mate? Well, ap- apart from that, and that's a big check. That's, uh, um, that's about it. Um, bucket list things. I would like to do some cage diving um, with the Great Whites, a bit like Lyndon. Mm. And so we were chatting about that the other day. Um, Episode six, I believe, with Lyndon. Some, oh, there you go. Check you out, going mm. back the hundreds of podcasts that we've, been, that we've done. <laughs> Yeah, I can filter back too. Um, sporting ones, because I'm a bit of a sport nut. I would like to go to Roland Garros for the French Open. We uh, haven't even touched on your crazy sport. I, just, I love sport. No, you dog. do. You love all sports. Yeah, so I'd like to go to Roland Garros for the French Open. I just think that would be kind of cool to see the tennis on the clay. I would love to go to a big event like the, the Rugby World Cup, the, the finals tomorrow. I'd love to go to something no, like that. No, the final that. isn't tomorrow. Well, it is as we're recording this. Yeah, sorry, but, yeah. But well done, England. Yeah. <laughs> or well done, South Africa. <laughs> Hopefully the former. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to go to something like that, or even the Lions tour. Um, so that would be on there. In terms of traveling, I'd, this probably sounds a bit sort of twee, but I've done a lot of traveling. Um, so there's no specific place. That I'm like, oh, I've got to go there and, and Here, do this. See, see on my... I'd, I mean, like to, I mean, I'd, like, I'd like to go to Canada and do some... Canadia. Uh, Canadia land and do some hiking there. With Celine Dion and Brian Adams, bless them. Saw Brian Adams live in concert in Singapore. He is really short. Is he? Yeah. He's tiny. He's like four foot eight or something. Can't be four foot eight. No, he's That's an Oompa Loompa size. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be racist. But, um, <laughs> but he was in, we went to see him in concert, which was brilliant. Um, and then went to Zook's um, nightclub, which is sadly now closed down. And he was in there. <clears throat> and he was being relatively affable with some of the, the, the fans and sort of shaking hands and saying, oh, it's great. Wah! And then he fucked off into the, the VIP room. But he was with this bird. Um, you know how memories kind of alter over time, obviously, but the, the picture I have in my mind now is basically this umpa lumpa with this nine-foot-tall Amazonian woman. It was probably a little bit closer, but she was definitely... I have to say, that's on my bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, would you not want to go... Because one of the things, and, and I know I don't talk about... I mean, I lost my my sporting love just because of the tribalistic stuff which I think I've talked about before but would you not I always wanted but to go more specific to football though right so uh, I guess so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, would you not want to go and see one of the big rival games I always wanted to go and see the Boca Juniors River Plate in South America I'd always want to see like the you know the Real Madrid Barcelona in Barcelona or in Madrid you know or, or Galatasaray versus Fenerbahce in Turkey I'd like uh, to see one of these big just to get that atmosphere but one of the big clashes yeah no good shout um, the short answer is no because you're um, a Liverpool fan yeah yeah but Liverpool man you anymore doesn't I don't think it really has the same it for me, I would say, like I and said... The, well, this is your tribalism sort of thing comes into it. For me, it's in, in that what you're mentioning there is about the size of those clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the size of those clubs is relevant to the size and comparisons of those leagues. But also... Out in the, the Spanish the, league, there's, there's Barca, there's Real. You can argue Atletico, but, but I just think else. that is a, a major sport. You yeah. know, that, 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 the whole atmosphere around it just seems... Listen, I've been to some big games in but England. But it happens twice a year. No, I know it does. But the I'd rather go to the Ryder Cup, actually. That, really? The Ryder Cup would be something I'd love to go to. I'm not a big... I'm a, I'm a sport nut. The only thing I can think of is Nick Fowler. That's from... Yeah. <laughs> it, shows, it shows my <laughs> love of sport. A little bit out of the touch, yeah. Um, 
so I don't play golf. Um, if I could take my dogs for a walk on the course, I would take it up. Um, I don't watch a lot of golf. If it's the majors, I might watch some of it. Um, but I'm not glued to it by any stretch. But I'm glued to the Ryder Cup. Is I there any love sport you don't like? Uh, snooker. Snooker's rubbish. I like snooker. I'll darts? Um, so darts... Is that a sport? Yeah, that's a sticky... I mean, what they've done with darts is amazing. Well, they've made it's it like a, WWF, which, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. which I do... I appreciate that part of it. Yeah, they, they've made it into a real big... I want to show him his toy, bless him. And he's... Yeah. That's probably not where I would have sat with it, buddy, but knock yourself out. So um, He's talking about Brandy, not me, buddy. Yeah, 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 the dog is playing with his toy. Um, so, yeah, darts, is that a sport? Probably not. It's not something I would follow. It's, uh, but snooker I enjoy. Obviously football, rugby, tennis, a little bit of golf, the majors. Obviously, like I said, the Ryder Cup. That I would go to. Lacrosse? Never really sort of followed it, watched well, it. Aussie rules, there you go. That's the sport I've got zero, zero interest that, in. That, that's just fighting. It's just... Yeah. It's kicking a ball just so you can have a fight. Yeah, it's not even a ball. It's just, it's just stupid. Yeah. So, well, on that note, Russell, yeah. thank you very much. Um, no. How do people get hold of you if they've um, got dogs? If they've got dogs, they can um, check out my website, caninepointacademy.com, or they can search Canine Point Academy on Facebook or on Instagram, and all my contact details and emails, etc., are readily available there. Russell, thank you. No, thank you, Jay, for giving me a plenty heads up to prepare for this interview and without I it I would have struggled in a minute we're going to talk about how this podcast went and <laughs> so should we just, should <laughs> just, just go straight into exactly that exactly about that how do we well, do the precursor? well I do bring it hold on because there's going to be a bit of music now, now. and well how did that podcast go well hey Jay <laughs> sir how was that po- that was it was different I found yeah very different it seemed to go on it was difficult. How long have we been chatting, generally? Uh, well, with the breaks that we've had, it's been about 50 minutes, I think. Wow. Um, I didn't, the guest was quite difficult, I felt. Yeah. Didn't I didn't really get a lot out of him. And if you felt like getting blocked from stone. If you're a cat person, that podcast <laughs> this was This is not the podcast for it you. It was terrible. <laughs> and this is a bit where we promote the person. So that was K9 Point Academy. This what are you doing with your hand thing? This, that, the title for the podcast, Not For Cats. <laughs> Not for pussy. It's probably a better one. Not for cat um, lovers. Who we, have we got anyone lined up for ne- next week? Uh, I was going to ask you the same question. Uh, yeah. I think no is the short answer. There's a couple of people in mind. Uh, oh, well, don't worry about it. We, I don't think anyone listens to this last, but anyway, they're probably bored by now listening to you talk about dogs. Well, fair enough. So we'll get out of here. But, but no, you, know, you mentioned about the, the bucket list segment. Yes. How about we do a, an, an Ask the Dog Trainer segment? So if someone's got a, just a random question about the dog, are we having this conversation on the podcast now? Are, or is this an off-the-podcast no, conversation? No, this is a podcast conversation because it's my pod today. Oh, today it is. So, but we can add a little, like, uh, Dog Trainer's Corner segment as a... What, during the normal podcast? Well, A, that, but also if somebody wants to, to the billions of listeners, they say, oh, I've got a question. They could okay. email us at... Uh, from now, if they you can email us at okay, email us email us at at jaylashark at gmail dot com, jaylashark at gmail dot com, jaylashark at gmail dot com, or jaylashark and friends at gmail dot com. Yeah, we got that one as well. Um, if you have a dog question for Russell, we'll do an ask a dog point at the end of each podcast. Yeah, and get the guests to do that as well. So this podcast is now sponsored by Canine Point Academy, I guess. Pretty much. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that and chocolate and, that and chocolate. Coke and Pepsi. So have you got people lined up for next week? No, nah, I don't know. I'll think about it. We'll just wing it, shall we? <laughs> wing it like this podcast. Right. Well, um, Let's good go. luck, England, tomorrow. Yeah, well I'm done, very, England, I'm very tomorrow. excited. I'm very excited.
Right, we'll, we'll discuss this next week. We're done. Thank Cheers. you, Russell. Woof. Bye. Woof. Oh, woof, yeah. Funny. Oh, that was the chow thing here. Yeah. Chow, woof. Bye. <laughs>